0: You are listening to This Old City, a production of theroadsytraveled.com.
1: There's no place like home.
2: You can go around any corner and find something you've literally never seen before.
1: It's what you make of the place that you live. Cultural experiences, different foods... Hello and welcome to This Old City. I'm Kate Labatt, writer behind the roads I've Traveled.com. Join us as we explore urban landscapes, week by week, and find out why locals love their city. This week we're exploring an up-and-coming local favourite. But before I tell you what it is, here are some more of Ottawa's best locales.
2: My favourite place in Ottawa is Major Hills Park. It's this really big, expansive park, got a view of Parliament of the river it's a very picturesque place something you wouldn't expect to find downtown and it's one of those things when i first went up those steps and saw this great area there i'm like holy moly i'm in love already
0: the green door restaurant in ottawa they have a
1: buffet so it's not a bad thing (laughs) and i go and eat and then i usually go and look at the green door grocer which is like two doors down Stella Luna. It's a gelato cafe on Bank Street. The gelato is the best I've ever had. I also like the environment. There's such a mix of people. It's like, oh people, little kids running in and getting really excited when they see how much gelato they get.
0: My favorite spot in the city is the Belmont. It's this small local bar. The first thing I noticed is they had a hammer nailed to the wall and that was their art piece. And I was just like, this is a good spot. And then their food is absolutely incredible. They have these crispy fried chicken skins that are so good.
2: I love the Bank Street Bridge from either skating on the canal or from Colonel By. I love the way the arches are different sizes and the way the lights reflect from underneath.
0: There is a new cafe just off Bank Street called Arlington 5 and I am there all the time. It's my new favorite spot. The coffee's fantastic. The servers are super friendly and lovely. It's chill. You can sit there for as long as you want and not feel guilty when you're in a Canadian winter, Canadian fall and you don't have a reason to leave.
1: It gets you out of the house because you're going somewhere that's like home. That's my friend Danica and I went with her to Arlington 5, her favorite local spot to see why this coffee joint is quickly becoming a local favorite. Arlington 5 opened only a few months ago, it's just off Bank Street on Arlington Street, hence the name, and it's a branch off of Wilf & Ada's, one of the best breakfast spots in Ottawa. They're always busy, but serve some of the best brunch you'll find in town. The restaurant used to be called Ada's Diner, but was renamed in 2014 when co-owners Jesse and Dominic took over. We'll get to where the name came from later, but join Danica and I as we set out to grab some savoury brunch at Wilf and Ada's and then head around the corner to the coffee shop Arlington 5 to sip away the rest of our day with some great coffee. That was quite delicious. <laughs> A mystery fruit with yogurt and granola. I had French toast topped with more mystery fruits. Wilf and Ada's closes at 3, but the lunch crowd was starting to pick up, So we finished off the last bites of our savory breakfast and headed out to their sister coffee shop just around the corner. So now we've come over to Arlington Five. We meet up for coffee a lot, but this is probably our all time favorite It's because of how comfortable it feels. You said earlier, it's kind of like To me at least, it feels like my kitchen and I think that that's what makes it so comfortable. I just feel like all these other people are sitting here in my my kitchen in my house as I drink coffee or have my breakfast. I come here in the
0: same way that I would go to my living room.
1: Maybe it has something to do with the fact that like all the cooking is kind of done out in the open air, like you would have at home. It's like yeah, this island kitchen where you've got all your servers kind of mixing everything up in front of you. It just feels like you're sitting at the kitchen table and mm-hmm. your brother or your uncle or your mom is cooking up some food for you in the kitchen. There's something very
0: homey about that kind of feel. They have a fridge. It's not like a big, you know, like it's genuinely just a fridge. And it's... It's, they're the only food they serve is sandwiches. It's very, you know, sandwiches and muffins, things you could make at home, and it's not pretentious, it's beautiful. And because it's part of orphanages, it has that feel too, like there are people walking in to grab something and leave again. You know, if they're short on bread over across the way, the waitress will come in and say, grab a loaf of bread, and then they head out with it, and you're like, wait, where are they going? Where I'm from, in the South Island, small city named Dunedin, you can't get a takeaway coffee. That's not the point of coffee. The point of coffee is to go either on your own for some me time or with friends. And you chat with the barista. And you stand there while they make your coffee. And then you sit down and you enjoy it. And you people watch. And it's about the environment of the space. And it's about the coffee cup that you have. And it's about the design on the top that your milk has made. I didn't find that in Canada for a really long time. It was a matter of, yeah, getting your cup in this tiny little cardboard container that burnt the tip of your fingers and then went cold really quick. And people were always on the move and on the rush. And then I found places like Arlington 5 where everybody gets it. Everybody gets that it's not paying $4 for a coffee when you could pay a dollar. you You're paying for the people beside you that are also wanting to live the kind of life where they get their work done in a space like this, where the lighting's beautiful, the music's perfect, the staff are awesome, they all know my name. Does it help that he's from New Zealand too? (laughs) Does
1: that make it taste
0: better? (laughs) That's true. I should clarify that, yeah.
1: His name's Dale, he works here at Arlington Five. He's from New Zealand. I asked Dale and Danica, two Kiwi coffee connoisseurs, to describe what goes into the art of making a perfect cup of coffee.
2: I would say it's a process um, from the bean to the cup, I would say. From your selection of the bean, how you treat it along its life, you know, keeping it out of light, you know, in terms of how you prepare the coffee. You know, you can have a good coffee machine, but with bad processes, and you, or you pick bad beans that have been mistreated, you know, you, you can have the right machine, and it doesn't matter. Coffee, if I go back to when I was younger, was when cappuccinos first turned up. The exciting bit wasn't the espresso, the exciting bit was cinnamon on the top. Like <laughs> the froth and the cinnamon was what everyone was excited about.
0: I remember as a kid getting your. Fluffy. I don't, they don't have that term here, but no, it's. You're not. <laughs> yeah. So at home, they would make a, like, my mom would order a latte, and it would be, you know, $4.50. And it would be, you know, the coffee and then the steamed milk. And then she would pay an extra 50 cents, which would take it from $4.50 to $5. And they would have a little shop and they would fill it with the leftover foam from the steamer and sprinkle a tiny little bit of that chocolate powder on top. And they were for kids, 50 cent fluffies. You would always start with, like, running your finger through the top and, like, looking off the little chocolate. Sprinkles In Christchurch in particular, after the earthquake, it's so much a part of culture and it's so much a part of what they did every day that in order to feel normal again after the earthquake, they had like container crates. And they had yeah pop-up cafes downtown. The buildings were falling down, so they had these big container ships essentially and they turned them into cafes and people were like shopping in them like, by, like yeah. and they were going in there and just sitting down at these tiny little dinghy like essentially like patio furniture pulled up inside these containers.
1: We were able to snag a minute with one of the owners, Jessie Duffy, and ask her where the name Wilf and Ada's comes from why they decided to expand into a separate coffee house, and what they have planned for the near future.
2: It was named Ada's Diner previously, and Ada ran the diner. So her husband, it's Wilfred, who went by Wilf. He was there almost as much as she was, hustling and bustling. We wanted to maintain what it was, but also what a great time to get Wilf's name up in bright lights up there with Ada. So we opened January 2014. So it's been, it'll be two years this coming January. When I was studying, I would go in Ada's and grab a bite at the little tables that were along the wall by myself. She always knew my order and we would have a quick chit-chat. We kind of want people to feel like you're you are walking into our home, you know? So it's like walking into someone's kitchen or someone's living room and just have that kind of vibe. Like, you know, we're we are very casual people. We spend a lot of time in like Shea Lucien and Mellows, and we kind of want to emulate that sort of feel where it's, It's your home away from home. It's the third space, you know what I mean? Arlington Five is an extension of kind of what we were seeing at the diner. And one thing I saw a lot of there, which I always thought was really cool, is the restaurant would be full, but there would be this crisscrossing across the dining room where, you know, this table would know the people sitting over at that table or... We're just getting ready now to sort of launch some event series and book the place out for bands and things like that, which are kind of in line with sort of the original coffee house. There was a lot more kind of happenings that were going on in the ancient coffee houses. And then also just a history of this building because it's been a punk rock venue in the 90s. It was a record store, you know, in the early 2000s, and a bunch of bands have already played here. So it would just be nice to kind of see like this next incarnation. I think our chocolate is really nice too. So the mocha, especially, people seem to be digging on that. We're making our own chocolate mix in house. We're using a, a, a relatively local chocolatier named Ludwig. He's getting in some really nice ethical chocolate from South America, so we've been using that. We wanted it to be decadent, so we wanted this to, you know, this place to be a little treat-like. We like our treats. My personal favorite is the eggs in purgatory. We're not into trying to reinvent the wheel. We like just simple comfort foods, just done well, just done like some somebody actually cares what they're doing, so it's a spicy tomato sauce, eggs cooked within that sauce, and then a Padano cheese with a bunch of arugula on top, and then toasted home fries on the side, and it's just like the right kind of spicy kick to get your day going. Those are my top two picks. I've come across this
1: really interesting quote since I started working on this podcast that I think sums up this project completely. It's from Charles Baudelaire. He says, what a strange phenomenon we find in a great city. All we need do is stroll around with our eyes open. Life swarms in with innocent monsters. Special thanks this week to Jesse, Dale, and Danica. If you'd like to hear more of this old city, or you have a spot we just have to check out, drop us a note at theroadsivetravel.com, or find me on Instagram at Kate Labatt. Until next time, happy adventuring.
0: You know, at the moment I talk about that one month I spent down south or I talk about the week I had in Paris, one day I'm going to say those years I lived in Ottawa. It's going to sound corny but when I decided to treat it like that, my life here changed.